On this special episode of the Autumn Windbags, we break down the Raiders 2023 draft class. All nine drafted players, we break down every single one of them. Plus, we dive into some of the undrafted players as well. Try to figure out what Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels were thinking and our general grades of how this draft class went. And we love you subscribe, rate, and comment on whatever platform you're listening on. All right, here we go. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into nightmares. There it is! Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, RJ Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. RJ Clifford, Juan Soto, let's have some fun today. Special Sunday post NFL draft 2023 edition. Um, it feels like a post game show kind of right. Like we only, we normally do like our regular shows. And then yeah. on Sundays we have our post game. feels like that a little bit, right? feels like well, a lot happened, game. man. A lot yeah. happened. We learned a lot too. Mm-hmm. Draft is over. We went in with 12 picks, walked away with nine players, four trades, all of them up. Um, I was hoping for trade downs, but it was all trade up. So we ended up with nine players instead of 12. Um, all in all, six defense, three offense. And um, kind of a smattering of everything, Soto. Yeah, it's... Um, when you look at a draft, really, you want to look at, at three things, right? You want to look at, uh, uh, are, are they a need, right? Mm-hmm. Are, do, do you need this player, right? How do they fit in your team, in your scheme, what you run, how you fit to what you want to do? And are they at the right value position? Are you reaching for these guys? Are you getting them in the right spots? Are you getting someone that falls down to you? And I think we saw all three. Question of the day. We'll have it pinned in the comment section. What grade do you give the 2023 Raiders draft class? Very curious what you guys think. Um, I think uh, I think we did a really good job. There's there were some there were some ups, there were some downs. I think more ups than downs. Um, I think at the biggest elements we did pretty well, but I think a lot of secondary things I wanted we didn't do well, which we'll we'll get through as the as the show goes on. Um, but I think we nailed pick number one. I think we I think we the biggest thing we did was we maximized value. I don't think we there was very few what felt like reaches. Even when we traded up, there was very few like, dude, we could have got this guy around later or like, man, there's like five other guys at that position. Just as good. Why do we move it round three when we could, you know, there's very, very little of that. And that's the number one thing I care about. Right. What do I always constantly preach? Value, 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 value. Players are crapshoots, man. Like these scouts and GMs, like the reason they have jobs and six, seven figure salaries is because they've convinced their bosses that they're great at what they do. And a lot of them are right. You're just trying to be, you know, you're trying to bat 600 instead of 400, right? You're just trying to be as much above 50, 50 as you can, right? It's a crapshoot. What isn't a crapshoot is value and rookie contracts, right? We went defensive end round one an expensive position that you want on rookie deals, right? If you have a seventh overall pick, you almost have to go quarterback and defensive end, right? Expensive, expensive position to make that pick worth it, right? So that was my number one thing, and we crushed that, which I'm very happy about. So, so look, look. I would go 
I would go B. Mm-hmm. B. I, and and there's and I'll get into you know the 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 knocks briefly. Yeah. Like, I, I know, would I would do B plus I B because plus, I yeah. I would do B plus. Yep. The main reason why is there were positions of need, they fit, and the value maybe in two cases the value was a little bit shaky. But other than that, the value was there every single time we chose. Yeah. Um, a ton of value at round one. Um, a ton of value round two with the tight end. Guys, we'll get into um, it a little bit later, but yeah, I don't I don't know that we we understand how good of a prospect Michael Mayer is at tight end. He and may even, not and be... specifically in McDaniel's type system, too. Correct. The type of tight end he was. And we'll get into that. But the thing is, is is Overall prospect, he does everything plus plus. Mm-hmm. Is he super fast? No, but he's fast enough. You you didn't see a lot of people tackling Gronk from behind. He got a lot of touchdowns. They're the same speed. They're about the same height. Yeah. Uh, blocker, route runner, intelligence. Like this guy checks all the boxes. I don't think an, a, a, we've seen a draft prospect like him since Kyle Pitts has come out. Look, these guys, like these Kincaids and Laportas and Kuntzes and all these guys, these guys are glorified slot receivers, okay? They're not a true tight end the way this system needs a tight end. They're not that. He is. He can block. He can block. He can do a lot. And he wants to. He likes it. So um, the the knocks that I would give, and again, the number one thing, I, I go almost Almost A plus, definitely A when it comes to just like value per position. Um, Byron Young, a little bit of a reach, a little bit. Better but other than that, probably, yeah. Other than that, it was it was basically like okay, yeah, like this this we got this guy at a good spot, right? The knocks for me are a lot of offense in the top four rounds. You want a lot of offense, right? Like like six defense, three offense, but there was a lot of like defense was like a lot on the tail end, right? We were, yeah. I thought we were you know twelve picks. Let's get like nine defenders, right? Let's throw some bodies in there. Try to get this deal. That wasn't great, um, and a lot of trading up. I, I again, I wanted, I wanted bodies. I wanted value. I want like let's shotgun approach it. Get a lot of get a you know get a lot of bodies out there, and we traded up four times, not down once. So those are the two biggest knocks for me. And I have a million little like goods and bads, but of the of the big three things I was thinking of, most important value crushed. Um, Two and three, positionally, I like to see more defense and more trading down, and we did opposite of that. So that was that's generally eighty percent of how I viewed the draft was those three things. Yeah. So the thing that I don't mind taking a cornerback a little bit later because there was so many, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I don't mind uh, taking a linebacker a little bit later because the linebacker that we got actually it's kind of a prototype Patrick Graham linebacker. Yeah. Um, so Point when you move. take a look at it as a whole, when you take a step back and you take a look at it as a whole, was there, pl- you can argue specific players. If you're an argumentative person, you can argue specific players until the cows come home. Mm-hmm. Right. But the thing is, we don't know up until probably like into the third season, are we really going to see what these players are going to be? Cause then they get, you know, on a good weight program, a good nutrition program. Are they hard workers? Are they being coached up? Are they being maximized? Stuff like that into the third season where they're going to kind of get the trust of the players and the coaches and all that. That's where we see it. But what you can take, what you can not argue is the positions of need. 
right? Even the quarterback. We need a young backup quarterback that fits this scheme, that fits what Josh McDaniels wants to do. Mm-hmm. Hoyer ain't it long term, right? Hoyer's uh, not it now. Like he's like I don't like he's 15, 16th year now in the league. Like he's old as fuck. The, the good thing about look, the thing that you want from a Josh McDaniels system is when that ball snaps, you know where to go with the football. Yeah. Are you smart enough? Can you can you run the offense from the line of scrimmage? Right? Can you manipulate blocks? Can you manipulate things that you you can control at the line? Do you know where to go with the ball? This kid is smart. Okay. Are you accurate? Yes. Can you get the ball to your playmakers where they can make plays? And that's all check boxes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Does he run around a lot? No. Can he run around a lot? No. <laughs> but if he does need to move, he has good pocket presence. He's still accurate when he moves either left or right. He's still accurate with the football. So there are things that do yeah. translate for him being successful in the NFL. Is he going to be a good starter? Probably not. He's going to be a backup, a solid backup, a guy that can spot start. But taking a guy like this in the fourth round doesn't stop you from taking a quarterback in the first round next year or in the second round. You know what I'm saying? What grade do you give the 2023 draft class? Let us know. We're listening. Comment section. So here's a look at all nine picks. We got the 2023 drafts, Tyree Wilson, Michael Mayer, Byron Young, Trey Tucker, Jacorian Bennett, Aiden O'Connell, Christopher Smith, Mara Gurney, Nesta Jade Silvera. We have to get a fucking fun name, right? Nesta Jade? We have to get a really fun name. That sounds like an early 2000s rapper, Nesta Jade. Sounds like a porn star, Nesta Jade. I don't know, bro. You just like always like the porn star hooker names. Uh, Yeah, you know me so well. Um, the last, uh, so we're going to go one by one by each pick and we'll, uh, we'll break down each one, what we like briefly and quickly. Then we'll start talking to the comment section. We'll, we'll take some questions. We'll talk about the, uh, undrafted class as well. Cause I think we'll pick up because we didn't really move a lot on, we made, I mean, not at all. We didn't draft a single O lineman. So I think there's going to be a lot of undrafted free agents that make the team on O line because you didn't draft any. Um, so we'll get into that. But last thing. Very last thing, which is interesting, and I'm 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 struggling Soto to call it a plus or a minus. Okay, we didn't draft a day one starter. Mayor might might at tight end. Wilson, I, I don't I don't I don't agree with that whatsoever. Okay, who's starting day one? Tyree Wilson can start day one, but in front of Chandler or well, Max. See, now you're looking at it in the in, in the, from the wrong perspective. I think well, I think he'll contribute for sure. I'm not no, saying he's, no, no, he's, a, no. he's a non-player. Look, he'll look. contribute day one, but you're, you're you're starting defensive when when you see the graphic, right? When CBS does game one, Raiders versus whoever, is he on the graphic over Chandler Jones? Okay, so let, let me answer it this way. In the NFL last season, and it's only it's only been climbing. Defenses were in sub packages, so nickel or more. Um, uh, DBs, it, they were in nickel packages 70% of the time plus. Mm-hmm. And it's only been getting higher and higher. You can't look at it as, oh, this person's a starter, that person's a starter. It's who plays when the money's on the line? Who's getting the majority of the snaps? Who's doing that? I can see us, if you, if you want to do a 4-2 or a 3-3 front, however you want to manipulate it. I can see it being a mix of Max, name your nose, Chandler, and Tyree. There isn't a slam dunk 
starter is what I'm saying. And I'm with you that Mayor's a starter. I, Mayor, I, I, Mayor could be, right? Again, it's like so so much comes down to how they do, you know, in camp and, and position battles and shit like that, right? Like uh Mayor's got certainly starting potential. And again, I think Tyree Wilson's gonna contribute right away. I don't like that you're like that whole like narrative being pushed of this guy's a day one starter. How do you know? You don't. We'll find out. And that's my point. But like, the thing is, is I think the, there's slam there's there's slam dunk starters that come out of drafts, right? And there's but but again though, like again, I'm not saying it's a negative. I, I open this specifically with I don't know if it's a negative or yeah, positive I just, because I see a lot of great development potential with these I guys. Don't, I just I, I fight against that because I don't think that's the best and that's the best question we should be asking is how many slam dunk first day starters. It's do not we the have? best question we should be asking. It's one of a hundred questions that we're discussing. No, uh, just, it's not make wanna, or break on these guys. Like I, I get what I, you're saying, RJ. I, but hang on a second. I love no, Tyree Wilson, but it's like, all right, is he gonna, you know, will, will but the he, thing is, is looking at it from that perspective is a negative perspective to look at things. You're looking at this as this guy's gonna come in and he's gonna contribute heavily to this team. That's what you're looking for. Do you care yeah. who starts or do you care who finishes? I care about all of it. I'm asking like, we're discussing a I mean, hundred different things, the, and I've done nothing but say. 87 positive things about Tyree Wilson. Like, oh, is he going to be a day one starter? No, no, I just, maybe, I, maybe not. Okay. Over, over Chandler Jones. Like, these are things. These are things to be discussed. I'm just saying. Like, no, I just, I get what you're saying, RJ. I just, it just seems to me like it's like, uh, well, let's temper our expectations by putting a wet blanket on this by day one start. Like, who? Day one starter is like who? Who really cares? It's all about the package that you're running. It's about what the the offense is well, running look. with your defensive package. To be fair, right? Our defense is so bad that our last pick could start at defensive tackle. You know what I mean? Like the position battles on mostly on it. Bernie could start at linebacker. Linebacker is so bad. You know what I mean? I can see Bernie starting towards the end of the season. He, he's going to pull a Diablo. That what and that and that was what I was leading to. Right? That's what I was saying. Was like I don't know if it's a negative or a positive because I see. Awesome development potential with this. Lead, lead with the positive next time, RJ. God damn. You want to end with the positive because that's where things because that's 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 the last thing you remember. Yeah, you, like you talking can, to a chick. You don't you don't you don't you don't start the you, you, you don't end the conversation the like approach, the oh your approach and you, you sandwich the negative in between two positives. No, no, no. If you're hitting on it, this is what you do when you're hitting on a chick. You're like, oh, I heard your uh, I heard your cousin has cancer. Then you lure them in with like the sad, and then you end it with like, so I got a, a brand new hot tub. You like hot tubs? Oh, I have a bathing suit that fits you. You don't open it with the hot tub and end it with the cousin. You open with the cousin, reel them in, end it with the hot tub. You always end with the positive soda. Uh, I don't know. And that's my and and that's the general trend of how I feel about this draft. Not a lot of like splashy slam dunk. This guy's going to start right away. It's a lot of like position of need, guys with potential. We got value developmental guys like that's that's generally how i view this draft class is a lot of like i can see this guy contributing for for a really really long time as opposed to this guy's a slam dunk right away or like like hot and cold you know what i mean like mm -hmm. you know this guy's like fast twitch amazing athlete we don't know about his work ethic he's got some problems but if it pans out great it's more like i see like a lot of meat and potatoes here as opposed to like ice cream sundaes that makes well, sense. I, I I think Mayer is a day one starter at tight end. I hope day so. One. I, I think so. Trey Tucker is your day one kick and punt returner for years to come. Mm -hmm. I think Christopher Smith is ready made to play in the NFL. 
the how he dropped to 170 the only reason he drops to 170 is because of his slow 40 time and let me tell you something right now if somebody doesn't get like a he, he can get a sprinting coach to teach him how to run a faster 40 and he would have run a faster 40 he doesn't play four six do you, do you think christopher smith uh starts over Merrick at free safety or do you think they move one to strong how do you think that uh, well the thing is is there's no strong and free safety in patrick graham's scheme and what he wants to yeah. do they both do both and christopher smith can do both he christopher smith even covered slot receivers uh in college mm-hmm. and i mean we'll get into this later but he was great in coverage he mm-hmm. was he, he's not i mean straight line speed is not his his deal but he's super smart he works hard and he's a ball hawk man this draft feels like a slow build as opposed to a splash now. Not that the, not, the, not that like guys can't contribute. Again, Tyree Wilson's going to play. I think he plays the majority of snaps this season. I think I think he plays over fifty percent of the snaps. I think Michael Meyer, Michael Mayer, Meyer. I'm going to say Michael Meyer so many times. Do you say so many of these guys' names wrong? What does it matter now? I think he, I think the Notre Dame tight end that will stay, namely. Uh, I think he plays the majority of snaps in this system. Um, but I think more importantly, this feels like a crew that's building towards like next season, right? Like I th- I, that's what I feel like. I feel like it's a, it's a draft, a long-term draft as opposed to a splash now draft. Let, let me give you guys a little bit of a rewind here. Philadelphia, Philadelphia wasn't supposed to make the playoffs two years ago. That was like they're building it. Let's figure this out. Let's build up. They played over their heads a little bit. They got their shit pushed in in the playoffs, but they came back the following year after another good draft, another good free agency, and now they're one of the better teams in the league. Mm-hmm. They're scary good, dude. Yeah. They're so scary. Well, the scary thing is, too, good. is look, when you're that good, you don't have to worry about getting a position of need. You literally just take the best player out there. Yeah. And you're going to get a better, you're going to get good players where you already have good players. So then you can make moves in the offseason. You can let guys go. You can trade guys away. You can get more. And that that's that's how this is this is how it starts. You get good players at positions that fit your scheme. Uh and yeah, let's let's I want to hop into this. Let's hop into this. All right. Number one, Tyree Wilson and Texas Tech. Yeah, Kevin man. Overall. Look, love it. I love the pick. Look, freak athlete. If you if you take Max Crosby, like physical attributes of Max Crosby, physical attributes of Chandler Jones, and you put them together, you get Tyree Wilson. Now, it just so happens both of those guys are on this team, and they can teach him, this is what you do. This is how we work. This is some techniques you need to learn. This is how I improved my first year. This is what helps me with my physical attributes that you have. Is he the thickest, biggest guy? No, but he's not small. He's 270. He's nice and tall, huge long arm wingspan. Check this out, guys, okay? He has an 84-and-a-half-inch wingspan at 6'6". Max at 6'5 has an 81-inch wingspan, all right? Chandler Jones at 6'5 has an 85-inch wingspan. I'm telling you, this is like the same guy. He would have the longest wingspan in UFC history. It's there not. was a fighter who was seven foot tall named Stefan Struve. He has a longer wingspan than that. This dude's <laughs> – this guy is a – this guy's a condor. You think it's Max crazy. is a condor? Max is the hummingbird compared to this guy. There's, there's a, a, a template – that you're looking for with this defensive end motor hard work beats off the line long arms can win with his hands um 
you know, he's, 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 even though he has long arms, he has a good grip and you're not getting away with an arm tackle. Okay. Mm -hmm. His last recorded 40 yard dash was four, eight. You're thinking, Oh, four, eight. That's awful. Well, Max was four, six, which is wow. Really good. Chandler Jones was four, eight, seven. So they're in that range. You're, you're looking at the comp now, looking at the comp of what we see and what we have on this team. All right. So the last, his last two seasons, 23, he only played 10 seasons, last, 10 games last year, excuse me, because uh, he had a, a, the injury, foot injury. But look, let me see if this, this sounds familiar. Okay. 23 games, 87 pressures. That sounds like somebody we know, right? Mm -hmm. 58 quarterback hurries, 15 quarterback hits. 14 sacks, 27 and a half tackles for loss. That sounds like a template that you're looking for for that position. And we seem to have that. He's so like Max Crosby. It's ridiculous. It's scary. It's it's so crazy. Like, it's like he's, he's Texas boys, man. They're just like, there's like built the same way. Like he's they even tackled the same. Like I, that was when, when I was worried about watching some of his tape. He's such a waste tackler, like grab the waist and roll. You know what I mean? Like, like he's one of those kind of guys, not like yeah. like a sticker. Um, but I was like, arms are so long, he just like reaches out and grabs them, and you're not. He just going like anywhere. octopuses you. You're just like, and then down you go. Like so that so my, my two knocks were like obviously the injury, right? Is something that we have to keep an eye on. Nothing overly worried about a fracture. Like bones heal pretty easy, right? Like if you're gonna have an injury, you want it to be a bone injury because bones just they break, they come back together, they heal, you're fine, right? Um, but something to keep an eye on. And yeah. the waist tackling, I was kind of like, eh, I don't, I wish, I wish, it, but those are things that can, that, that can, that generally don't change often. So I was kind of worried, like your fundamentals of tackling, you kind of learn a pop Warner and you rarely drastically change it. But I was like, that's max. That's how max tackles. Dude, max I'm tackles the exact you, same way. And it hasn't held it back. If you redraft that draft, that 2019 draft, max is going in the first round, Right. Okay, he's one of the better defensive ends. This is the same guy. Now, again, the same attributes. All we can do, and this is for, for any of these guys, all we can do now is build an environment for them to succeed. Facilities, nutrition, coaching, uh, recovery, development. That's what we can do to help them. Max seems to be doing a pretty damn good job. I would say, Max, let me go ahead and get a, get a, a room in that house. Let me go ahead and rent the, rent the back house, and I want to do what you do. Mm -hmm. That's what I would do if I was Tyree Wilson. The one knock on him that I saw over and over again was that he won by – he didn't have great technique, but he won by overpowering offensive linemen in college. Mm -hmm. But um, we saw how that worked with Max when he was a rookie. It didn't really bother him much. You mm -hmm. know, uh, He just won by effort. And if you can win by effort and learn technique from somebody ahead of you who went through those same growing pains – I think this is going to be a great, great pickup for us. If we can get – imagine having two Max Crosbys. Pro Bowl potential with him. Giant Pro Bowl potential. And you get – like, we, you know, we were talking about it when we were doing the live show. Like, imagine – and he could play, you know, like outside backer too. Like kind of He played like outside any, backer any too, yeah. Of, any sort of like end rush position, you know, hand in the dirt, two feet. You know, he's fine either way. Even a little coverage every now and then. I think he can yeah. be fine as well. That's what um, I'm saying is if you, even if you do like a three, four look or whatever, you can get them outside backer over max. You can get them over like a field. right tackle, like a weak white right tackle. Yeah. So <laughs> one, one thing that I heard that I really stuck with me was uh, an analyst said, even when he made mistakes on tape, it didn't matter. Yeah. He still made the play. 
That's how good he is. Uh, our second round pick, uh, we go offense a little if, if, if position wise, it felt kind of luxury, like tight end when we have so many uh, needs on defense and other places. Um, but value wise, knocked it, knocked it out of the park, traded up actually to the Colts to position number 35 to get Michael Mayer tight end Notre Dame. Yeah. At 34, at 34, the Lions took Laporta and we're like, oh, shit, that's the second tight end off the board. Mayer's going to be next. We got to go up and get him. And we did. Um, prototypical tight end, big soft hands. Uh, he's got decent speed for a tight end, good blocker. He's a huge red zone threat. That's what mm -hmm. you're looking for. That is the prototypical Josh McDaniels type tight end that he's looking for. That's yep. the kind of tight end he can maximize, right? Um, measurables are pretty average across the board, but he knows how to play with those measurables. You, you didn't look at him when he was playing and say, oh, that guy's average. No, this, mm -hmm. this guy was a freaking stud. So look, look, look at this comparison, okay? Mayer is 6'4", 250, around a 4'7", 40. Gronk, 6'6", 258, 4'7", 40, 4'6", Mark Andrews, 6'5", 256, 4'6", basically a 4'7", 40. Mm -hmm. Mark Andrews is one of the, comp the comps that I see a lot, uh, but I think he's a better blocker than Mark Andrews is. Um, I mean, he's ha he had elite tight end production without elite quarterback play. He was basically all they had at Notre Dame the last couple of years. So, okay, yeah. in 2021, 71 catches, 840 yards, seven touchdowns. Now, one thing you want to look at, too, that I look at a lot is what was the rating of the quarterback when throwing to this receiver, right? How did good things happen when you threw to this guy? In 2021, 112.6 quarterback rating when targeted. Now, let's go to 22, almost exactly the same. 67 catches, 809 yards, nine touchdowns. 103.9 rating when targeted. So you throw the ball to this guy, good things are going to happen. Uh, the only knocks on this on this pick was another a pass catcher in round two when we had so many good ones and the defense is so desperate. And he's not a... Because we're used to Darren Waller, like the most dynamic tight end in football, right? Just a speedster 6'6", six, six, like insane. Um, he's not that... He's literally everything else. He's every other part of it other than being like a super dynamic guy. Great high point catcher, um, smart player, and one of the best blocking tight ends in the in the whole in the whole draft, which I think a lot of people like it's so hard to like when you think of tight ends, the first thing we talk about is stats, catches, touchdowns, shit like that, right? You don't see on metrics how good of a blocker that Michael Mayer is. And that's going to make a very, very big difference, especially with the old line that's still like improved right through the course of the year. It's still at this point, a weakness of the Raiders. We'll see what it can turn into. We didn't draft a single lineman either. So we're, we're more or less sticking with who we got last season. You put him on the end and you got Josh Jacobs running behind him doing another amazing thing. So the blocking I love and he's, and again, he's a very like, I, I will give Ziegler credit. These all feel like Josh McDaniels type players. He's like a Josh McDaniels tight end. Like he, he runs a great post. You know, McDaniels loves the dig routes. Garoppolo loves throwing digs, right? And he can do that. Great high point catcher. Um, gritty guy. Like he's just like a, he's like an old, he's like a throwback tight end in a modern offense. Yeah. It's just because there's, the, the trends go a certain direction doesn't mean you have to go all the way towards that direction. If there's certain types of players that that generally 
excel in what you want to accomplish, why not get those guys? And Michael mm-hmm. Mayer is one of them. Can we stop with the baby Gronk nickname, please? Like, oh, he's like baby Gronk. So everyone's like, oh, yeah. So that means he's like, stop. You can call anybody anything. And like, and be like, oh, yeah, that's who he is. Like, no, he's, he's going to be his own guy. Like, is there stop. a comparison? Is there like a physical, like, stat-wise, uh, measurable-wise I like comparison? the Andrews comparison. Yes. The, like Andrews the Andrews comparison one. is – I think the Andrews, Andrews comparison is a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. Um, but for short area quickness and stuff like that, all three of them are pretty good, pretty mm-hmm. comparable. Uh, round three, defensive tackle, Alabama. You rarely go wrong when you just say those words. Uh, Byron Young. Um, of all the positions, I would say this was the biggest reach. Again, they, this draft was awesome on value. This was the closest one to a reach, I would call, but it was such a position of need that it was it was hard to be mad at it, even though it was kind of a little bit of an eyebrow raiser for me. Of all the picks we made, this was the the, the one with the biggest eyebrow raise for me. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a couple things you want to look at. Not everyone can be a superstar. Not everyone can get the stats, right? Mm-hmm. But can you do your job? Brian Byron Young, excuse me, showed that he can do his job well, and he can let the guys around him eat. And that's what he, that was his job. 100%. His job was to plug up the middle and let the guys on the outside make the plays, right? Even with that, he put up some pretty good stats. Prototypical two-gap run stuffer, has some perhaps rushing ability, really good motor, really high motor. Such a McDaniels guy. Do yeah. your job. Do Fuck your stats. job and everything else will be Glory, fine. Do your job. He's like, all right, I'm going to take two blockers. Let me show job you done. why this guy can win. This why this guy wins. His hands are massive. He has 11-inch hands. That is huge. He can almost pick up a ruler like with his pinky and his thumb. That's how huge his hands are, okay? Big, strong hands, long arms. 81 and an eighth inch wingspan at 6'2". That's freaky long. So he's going to be able to get his hands on the offensive linemen and control them before they can get their hands on him. If he punches hard and he locks out and he can look for the ball, he's going to be able to maneuver the offensive linemen before they can go ahead and maneuver him. He's not, in your words, a player, which I think there were more player-type players available at that point in round three at, mm-hmm. in round three you can still get players like you're like all right we can we, there were still some pretty dynamic corners and linebackers available that we didn't get we got him instead um so again that's why it was the eyebrow razor it's like this defense is so bad we need monsters like this these are the guys you get to supplement when you're like all right we've got a pro bowl safety and a pro bowl linebacker let's get the byron youngs of the world to be the meat and potatoes dudes don't need to be they don't need to be stars they gotta be role players that do their role well right that's normally this is normally the type of guy you get when you have that op defense which we don't again he serves his role well and it will be important of all the picks this is the one i would say the most disappointed in this this mm-hmm. is this is the guy you get when you have a good defense and you have a a guy that makes everyone better that's not us at this point so i think again not a terrible pick there's there's more dynamic guys later. Um, it just felt like a solid role player when we need dynamic leaders. Well, I mean, he was a leader on the defense, number one. But also, look at this. His last two seasons at Alabama, 87 tackles, 15 tackles for loss, 
and at the at a traditional nose most of the time in a deep tackle position, 37 quarterback pressures, 21 hurries, 10 hits, and six sacks. So he has that ability if he can win with his arms and his hands. He's not going to win you with a bunch of crazy moves and all that stuff. His feet aren't great, like for stunts and stuff like that. He's going to be, I'm going to take this guy on. I'm going to take the center or, ta- or guard on, and I'm going to beat him with my hands. And he has good bursts. So once he gets past that initial line, he's going to be able to close in on the on the ball carrier. And he's not like a giant type dude type of nose tackle role either, um, where you can do like a like a three four and have him be the center of it. Um, but he's pretty 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 diverse with his skill set, and uh, and again, like he he knows his role, plays it well. There's not one thing he does terrible, right? Um, he'll definitely he'll definitely be in rotation this year, especially with how bad you know our defensive line is. Uh, pick number one hundred traded up to the Giants to get a wide receiver, another eyebrow raiser in the fourth round, Trey Tucker out of Cincinnati. Yeah, look, Trey Tucker, it fits like if you, if you look at the heyday of the of the of the uh Josh McDaniels offenses, you have good you have good strong tight end play, right? Like we talked mm-hmm. about with Mayer. You also have multiple guys that can do the same thing. You have multiple quick slot guys that can either play the slot, run little gadget stuff, little quick screen stuff, or they can go deep as well. Mm-hmm. So Tucker is he's he's generally a little bit above average fast for a running back. The thing is, you know, it's his receiver. burst, or excuse me, a receiver, but it's his burst. Return game stud. That's what you're looking for in a returner. Is can you stop and start quickly? So. He's when people like talk about Tyreek Hill, like how fast he is, like ignore his 40 time. No, no, it's his it's stop a burst. start burst. It's a start. That's, that's what matters. This was elite. He was in like the 96th percentile and 10 yard split 1.48 seconds. So his burst is bam. In, in less than a second and a half, he's 10 yards. So excellent burst for him. He's he's short, he's a little bit smaller. He's a physical freak. One of the things that I think you'll like about this. Uh, that McZigo talked about a lot was he was a high school wrestler and he was just, just iron tough. He squats 600 pounds. He doesn't weigh 200 pounds. He squats 600 pounds. He has 16 reps at 225 in the combine. Now at his pro day, he ran a four, four um, in, in the, in the combine at his pro day, he ran a four, two, nine. Now that could be some home cooking there, but man, speed is speed. You have to be going somewhat that fast to be able to clock at a four, two, nine. The issue that we're having here is a little bit smaller, right? But for right now, he's going to be your return guy, and you can use him on gadget plays. You can use him on the on the jet sweeps, on the reverses, on the on the on the screens. And if you have cornerbacks, don't want to cover these small, fast receivers in the slot because when you're in the slot, there's a lot of space around you. You don't have a sideline. You don't have any of that shit around you. It's just yeah. you and the speedy, quick guy in front of you. And guess what? If you got two of those guys. That's problems for the defense. The Raiders have been picking up like speedster for hires the last few seasons, right? Jackson, you know, this season as well. It's been like, all right, he's kind of older. Like we know who he is, but like we have to have a dude with like a four five forty, a four four forty. Like you have to have one on your team to be able to stretch the defense. And it's been like one year deals of like speedster for hires. This is like our speedster for the next four years, right? We got we got that yeah. guy, right? Um, love the value of this pick. Like at fourth, I understand why they traded up and especially beating the giants. You might've wanted them or, uh, um, you know, 
after the Giants. It's just wide receiver in the fourth round when we've like that's the strength of this offense. That was the big eyebrow raiser when I just saw wide receiver. Um, what does this make? What do, what do you think this means for the future of Hunter Renfro? I think they can they can coexist. You had an Amendola and a, and a Wes Welker at the same time. You had a uh, well, Welker was there first, then Amendola. Then you had a trans. You transitioned into Amendola and Julian Edelman. You you have you can have two of those guys at the same time. Yeah. Now, does that necessarily mean that for sure they're going to keep Hunter Renfro? No, because I don't know what they're going to do. But mm-hmm. if they decide to excuse me, if they decide to keep both, you can definitely plug both of these guys into this offense. Um. Again, love the player. Love the value of the position uh, of the draft pick. It was just, oh, wide receiver at four with so many good corners, linebackers, and defensive tackles on the board. That was the only weird part. Um, outside of need, love the guy, especially for this offense. Oh, yeah. Uh, next up. Round number four. Four picks later. That was, that was always kind of fun when you go four picks later. Another trade up with the Texans. Finally, cornerback, Maryland, Jacorian Bennett. This is their guy. When you take a look at a Patrick Graham defender, fast, hard worker, gets his hands on a lot of footballs, uh, and this is it. This is who you got. He's kind of a high-waisted kind of looking guy, really long legs, aggressive, competitive. He's got high-end traits. Look, hard worker. He went the junior college route. So funny thing about uh, Jacorian Bennett, he was going to quit his high school football team because he wasn't playing so into his senior season he had he hit a growth spurt and he grew from like 5'5 to like 5'11 over the summer he came back and like he wasn't used to playing a lot so he didn't really get get a lot of looks he didn't he didn't have a lot of good technique he's still kind of getting used to that that new body of his he went the juco route took two years blossomed look at his last two seasons okay the last two seasons 23 games he had 63 tackles great 24 pass breakups five interceptions and his average rating allowed. So when you when the quarterbacks passed to his receiver, he averaged in the last two seasons allowed 65 and a half rating. Kid's a player. He is the quintessential round four pick. Um, one, massive position of need, corner. Two, instincts and raw skill, a 4-3-40, right? Instincts and raw skill there, discipline terrible which is one of the easiest things to coach. Yeah, right? he gets, like, he gets like, penalized a lot. Yeah, like if it's like poor discipline, right? He gets he gets fooled a lot mid-route. Like you can juke the fuck out of this guy. But his instincts and speed are so good, he was able to kind of compensate for that. Now yep. he's going to have a, a learning curve in the NFL. Like, But the beautiful thing is like have Devon, you know, cover Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro every single day in practice and start weeding mm-hmm. that out of you. Yep. So he he will fuck us. If he plays a lot, his rookie year, like the, he he's just that raw. But again, like the theme of this draft is the instincts are good, and the raw ability is there. Yeah, and so that's some. So the if you had to have a giant knock on a corner that you can coach out of, this is what it is. It's it's just yeah. he's just not dis, he's not a disciplined corner, which you can which you can not saying it will happen, but good you know proper coaching. This is a long-term starter for us, raw ability and instincts-wise. 
Yeah, there's two big knocks that I had on Jacorian Bennett. Number one, like you talked about, he was penalized a lot. A lot of that is eye discipline too, not getting beat, not getting fooled off of off of route combinations. That's one. The other one is he dropped a lot of interceptions. A lot of the pass breakups should have been interceptions that he didn't catch. Mm. He could have had seriously had triple the interceptions that he did have if he didn't drop a lot of interceptions. But he gets his hands on the ball a lot. Their incompletions is you know more than we've seen in the past. So those are the two big things. One you can really coach out of, which is that technique, eye discipline, stuff like that, hand technique when when the ball's in the air. Other one is, you know, get on that jugs machine, learn how to catch. Get on the jugs machine and grab Hunter, grab Devontae after practice and say, Run give routes. me your best. Yep, Be- let's go. Beat my ass until I figure it out. And he can be, so- he can be something really special for, for For a fourth rounder with that kind of raw ability, Dude, look at these measurables. This is crazy. He ran a 4-3-40. He was also a 1-4-8, 10-yard split, Mm -hmm. right? He had a 40-and-a-half-inch vertical. His broad jump was 11 feet and 1 inch. This dude is explosive. Even if he gets beat, he has the burst to make up up any any, uh, ground that he needs to cover. I'll put it this way. If he comes, I have no clue what his family situation is. If he's the older brother... I'm semi-worried because you got like a little swagger and confidence when you're older. If he's the little brother that's always trying to like prove himself, I'd love it. That's why I like the Juco route. Monte, come here. Line up. Beat me. I dare you, motherfucker. And then just yeah. That was him, man. That was him. Eat shit from Devontae every single rep. Yep. Until you get better. That's what I liked about his story, how he had that spurt and he really didn't have a lot of good coaching and a lot of experience going into college. So he went the junior college route, killed it there, went to Maryland and killed it there too. Um, He's going to be scary if he starts because corner is so shallow for us. Like there's a you know semi-decent chance he starts for us right out of the gate. Like I said, he, he will frustrate the crap out of us a few times because he's so raw. But I think, I think there's a lot of long-term potential here with him. Uh, time for the star of the draft quarterback quarterback Purdue Boilermaker Aiden O'Connell aka Farva Rodney Farva I want to say Soto I don't want to say we're a hundred percent the reason the Raiders drafted Aiden but it's pretty safe to say we're 80 85 percent of the reason why we drafted landfill out of Purdue we were hoping for this last week when he like in uh there was a couple mock drafts where he he went to the Raiders, and understandably so, which we'll get to, like him and McDaniel, like what McDaniels looks for in a quarterback, it makes a lot of sense. I think we did it. I, I you know, I don't want to dislocate my shoulder patting myself on the back, Soto, but we should do that. We should pat ourselves on the I back. I think for sure. Um, look, guys, we <laughs> definitely tipped the scale. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. We got him. Yeah, you, so- is there a higher grade than A++++? Because that's what I give this pick. Yeah, just no Connell. What was uh what was it in uh, a Christmas vacation or not Christmas vacation, but Christmas story when he when he wrote his uh his essay on what he wanted for Christmas and the teacher just went plus a plus 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 and just kept writing on the chalkboard a bunch of pluses. That's what we get for Aiden sure. O'Connell. That's us right there. I want to make a video of um like highlights of him and Purdue at the line of scrimmage, and instead of his uh audibles being like audibles, I'm just gonna do nothing but like super troopers and uh beer Car- rounds. Hike. Leader of cola. Give me a goddamn leader of cola. Hut hut hike. 
I don't want do a it. large Farva. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Let's see how fun Josh McDaniels is if he does like a little, like a special package for Aiden O'Connell. That's just nothing but Super Troopers lines. That'd be so great. So look, okay, now, now, now for Aiden O'Connell, aka Farva, shenanigans. You seen shenanigans? Shenanigans. Okay, highly accurate. Played in the pro style. He went to Purdue, not smart Purdue. <laughs> Throws with anticipation and touch. Good pocket presence. Smart kid, man. Picks up the offense right away. Okay, average arm strength, and that's being kind. He's got he's an average Joe arms arm strength wise, but he makes up up for it in his smarts, his accuracy, his touch. He leads receivers well. He gets them the ball in a position to make plays. That's what we need. We have the playmakers. What we don't need is what we've seen is guys having to stop for balls, guys having to get the stuff thrown behind them, short pass or long passes that come up short. We need guys that get the ball in rhythm to these receivers to be able to make this offense hum. He's accurate moving to either side. When he has to scramble, he doesn't scramble a lot. He's a prototypical pass, a pocket passer, and he's got good pocket presence. But if he does need to move to one side or the other, he definitely can still be accurate. Now, he's not going to blow you away with his measurements, right? He's like, what, 6'3", 213, something like that, where he wins his pre-snap. He controls the line of scrimmage. He was in a pro-style offense, like I said. He controlled all the blocking schemes. He controlled the running schemes. He's a, he's a big-time leader. Now, let's take a look at his last two seasons, okay? 2021 was his breakout year. That's what put him on the map. 3,700 yards, 28 touchdowns, 71.7% completion percentage. His quarterback rating was 108. Dipped a little bit this last year. He had a couple little injury, little nagging injuries, and he had a couple of guys drafted that, that were his guys. But he still had a decent year. 3,483 yards. 22 touchdowns, uh, percentage dipped a little bit, 63.7% in 88.1 passer rating. Now, is this guy going to be a starter? No, I don't see him being a starter for the next few years if he is one. If he is a starter, I see him being a, a – he can be a Drew Brees-ish type guy. Drew Brees didn't start right away either. He was behind uh, – no, Phil, he was there first before Philip Rivers. But Drew Brees – Go into the same school, and they're very similar in a lot of ways. I think Drew Brees is a little bit of athlete than, than O'Connell is, um, and threw the, threw the deep ball a little bit better, a little bit more accurate down the field, even though he didn't have the strongest arm. But how did he win? He went, he, he won pre-snap with his accuracy, timing, and with his touch on his ball. They're going to have to make up a new award other than NFL MVP because that's not good enough of an award for Aiden, Landfill, Farva, O'Connell. He'll be a 10-time Super Bowl champion. That's my prediction. He's just too beautiful. Uh, but in all seriousness, um, he's literally exactly the Josh McDaniels prototypical quarterback poor man's version. He's the fourth-round pick of exactly what Josh McDaniels wants. Smart pocket passer, passer like you mentioned. Um, he's used the Purdue, old, the Purdue line was garbage. He and was so it, beat to shit last year. That's why he got so good at being a quick-throw processor. Because he had no choice. It was either get that ball out in 1.8 seconds or you're decapitated by Ohio State's defensive tackles, right? So it was it was kind of he reminds me like the situation around like Will Levis, why he fell down so so low in the draft and why um and why people were so like his stats were so bad. Because he's playing he's playing the SEC on Kentucky. Like his O-line was getting murdered. His his wide receivers never got open. That was O'Connell. Like you look at O'Connell's, dude, look at O'Connell's highlight reel. He's throwing to white guys. 
Like O'Connell's been forced to throw to white receivers for like the bulk of his career. You think against against like Michigan's DBs? You think he's got like wide open dudes? You know? You think he's like got all kinds of time and like their dude just like jukes a motherfucker and gets wide open? No, he's like I got two seconds to throw to the tiniest window of a dude who's covered. So yeah. I love the potential here because it's so hard to tell the Will Levis is the Aiden O'Connells of the world when they're just getting murdered by they're getting just murked because they're on an inferior team. With that, I love how he developed positive habits and not bad habits. Anthony Richardson, he developed a lot of like not bad habits because he's such a stud athlete, but it's like I'm just gonna have to run around these guys because nothing's there. I'm just gonna lean on my my physicality. Aiden O'Connell's like. I'm going to have to get this ball out immediately. I'm going to have to make the perfect read, and I'm going to have to get the ball exactly to the right spot because he had no other choice. He was forced into that situation. Instead of being a dude who's like, I'm just going to have to scramble a lot when I shouldn't, I'm going to have to just make desperation throws because I have no other choice because my wide receivers can't can't beat a DB and my, my tackles are getting clobbered. He made really, really good adjustments and made good habits out of a bad situation. Like you said, um, bad deep ball. Um, I wouldn't say move. bad. He just loses some accuracy. It's, deep. it's it's below average. It's a below average deep ball. I but mean, he has he has average arm strength. His deep ball is going to be average. The 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 touches there and the accuracies there and the brains there. He's a lot like Jimmy Garoppolo, honestly. Like he's very much like Jimmy Garoppolo. Can get the ball out right away. Um, but I think he's smarter and way sexier. Obviously. Oh God. I mean, do I even need to like say say that? For, you know what? That stash. To his credit, or to in his favor, he's a super deeply religious guy. Like he wants mm-hmm. to be like the team chaplain and all that stuff. Um, so that's gonna kind of help him out in Vegas. Hopefully, it keeps him in the studying in the books mm-hmm. and out of the strip clubs. We need uh, we need Jimmy G to take him out a day out in Vegas oh, God. and have just a camera follow. Like that would be so. Um, my buddy Gavin, he was the UFC head of social media. He's now the Raiders head of social media. This guy Gavin, right? So every now and then I send him like ideas. I send him like the Aiden O'Connell, like uh, what's the name of the actor that plays Farva? Um, Mc McDonough's. He's gonna kill me. Hold on, his name up. is Farva. Yeah, right. He doesn't have a real name. It's Farva. That's his name. Rod Farva. Uh, shit. What's his real name? You don't like my country music award on fire? You don't like my ass on fire? Kevin Heffernan. Kevin Heffernan. If the Raiders don't get Kevin Heffernan to like come to the facility and do like a bit with Aiden O'Connell, you're just leaving money on the table. You should just show up and be like, yeah, what's up? I'm Aiden O'Connell. <laughs> Chewing gum. Mr. Fail Safe Info. False Thank Info. You. Jesus. False Christ. Info. Fail Safe Info. Pahales info. Thank you so much for the super sticker. Pahenix. Much appreciated. Thank you very, very much. Uh, I blacked out. Where are we? Oh, yeah. Round five. Uh, Another trade up. Much position in need from a fantastic defense. All the. um, Outside stuff is there, right? Like all the labels are there. Now it's a matter of can you pull it off? Christopher Smith, the second. Yeah, man. Tough, smart, productive player. Leader on a great defense. He was one of the leaders in the secondary. His measurables aren't great. He's not going to blow you away with his 40 time and all his vert and all this stuff. But you put on the tape and none of that shows. Mm-hmm. You don't see him being slow. You don't see him not being able to jump. 
what you see is a tough, hard-nosed, smart player who has who's a magnet for the ball. And now you take a look at like Jacorian Bennett, who can't catch the ball. You have Christopher Smith, who's a ball hawk, right? So Christopher Smith even played corner. Uh, that's how slow he was. They put him at, at covering the slot in this defense and, you know, and also played like a deep safety as well. He can, he can do one or the other. Uh, his last two seasons, all right, check this out. In 2021, 30 tackles, two pass breakups, three picks. This is, this is elite here. This number is elite. 53.8 rating against. So whenever they threw to him, that was the rating. That's awesome. All right, mm. this last season, 41 tackles, four pass breakups. Again, three interceptions. Even better, 50.6 rating when targeted. Tough against the run, good tackler, really good ball skills. Gets his head around, tracks the ball well in the air. The low measurables don't show up on the tape. Mm. This dude is a baller. Dare I say he's a player. You put him on the field. Whoa. You put him in the right, you put him in the right spots. This guy can be a player. Christopher a Smith, player. Right player. Yes. He's getting the Soto play tag. I see it, man. You put on the tape, man, and this guy makes plays. That's gonna be that's gonna be one of the t-shirts that we make when we start doing t-shirts next season. Just like a sticker, just like over, like just like kind of weird, just like playa, like a playa. like a stamp. Like a yellow sticker, boom, playa. Or just like yeah, like like the red stamp. The red stamp, playa. Soto official playa. Yeah. Bold bold claim. Uh ballsy claim. Um he's tiny, man. That's the, that's the biggest thing. He's a real he's small. And that's been a trend with the Raiders this draft. Like all these defensive players like 5'11", 5'11", 5'10". I mean, he's 5'10", 190. That's not big for a safety. Um but you're but but you're right. Like and I think that's why he fell down to where he did was because of his size. That's why he's a fifth rounder, right? Like a, you know, a, a, like you said, his numbers on a great a great Georgia D, a great Georgia defense. And he may, he still put up great numbers. Um, that's the reason why he fell, fell to five because he's he's tiny. He's yeah. my size. Like he's want, he's, I, he's literally my size. Yeah, I want to look at this guy. real quick, real quick. Hits boy radio. Then why didn't he make nobody mock or no pre-draft hype? Because nobody who's doing mocks or pre-draft hype is actually drafting. It's because he's small. That's why. That's why. I mean, he's small. The people who know that people who get the guys on the field and coach these guys and, and 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 sign these guys to contracts, those guys wanted them. At least one team did. Well, he's he's generally he's generally opposite of what scouts want. They want when they look for value, they're looking for dudes with physical like things you can't coach, right? Size, 40 time, instincts, metrics, right? And he's low on that. Um, smaller, not a great 40 time. And you can also make the case that we've seen all the time as, as Raider fans, we're signing players with good numbers from great defenses. Why are their numbers great? Because they're surrounded by great players. And it's easier to be great when everyone's doing their job and more so around you. And how do they um, play in the pros? Ooh. And then they go, the, yeah, right? And so that's why he fell to round five. Because he had these undersized, not great metrics, played on a great, great defense as one of the, you know, not one of the better dudes of a great defensive backfield. That's why he fell to five, um, but you can't ignore those metrics. So he he's um, he's unlike most of this draft where it was really good at picking up guys like oh wow this is a good developmental guy. I think the metrics are there. I think he underperformed in college maybe a little bit, and he's a chance to overperform now. He's opposite of that. Not that he's going to fail. I'm not saying that, but uh, he's different than most of the other drafts. 
draft picks, I think, for the Raiders. I, I don't know. I, th- I, th- I think you might be under undervaluing the production of some of our players. I think our players were plenty productive in college. I think maybe the only one that you can see, maybe because of the role that he played, was Byron Young. But the other guys were productive in college. I mean, the one thing we didn't talk about with Turner when we were talking about I, I, don't, I don't mean underproductive. I mean the physical traits, the, the potential okay, of the physical traits are bigger than their production. Whereas this guy's measurables is much less than his production. He's the one. He's the one guy where that's the inverse. Yeah. So look, Smith is kind of like what you talked about that you were looking for. What's the most important thing? Can this guy play the sport of football? We talked about it the last episode before uh, the pre-draft uh, episode. That's the most important thing. Now, the, the measurables and the combine stuff is kind of like the sprinkle on top, but what's the actual meat is can he play the game? Yes. Do, do his lack of measurables show up on tape? No, they don't. He shows that he can go in there and he can make plays. He can, he can play the game of football. He, play, he can do what you drafted him to do. He needs to prove that he's one of those, like, gritty dudes that – knows football so well despite not being the same physical nature of the guys that he's playing against and with that's that's who he is which is which is what happens all the time which is a different challenge than a lot of the other guys in this draft as well as it was my point uh round six another trade up pick number 203 via the texans linebacker finally took the round six to get a linebacker florida amari bernie okay Amari Bernie, if like if you wanted to like build a linebacker for a Patrick Graham scheme, it would be Amari Bernie. It would be almost like a like a convert type safety linebacker who's a little bit bigger, uh, who's got some decent cover skills, can play in space, and that's Bernie. Aggressive linebacker, plays fast, wins by beating blockers to the point. He's he's just a, a, a speed guy. Um, hasn't been playing linebacker full time. I think last season was the first time he played full-time linebacker he played a safety and linebacker hybrid type of, of role uh he can run with the skill players he's fast enough to do that he's got good hands and he can cover space in a hurry so he can cover that deep middle if you ask him to so last season which i took last season because it's his last his first season as a full-time linebacker so last season 79 tackles four press breakups two picks 12 pressures four sacks two forced fumbles one fumble recovery Five tackles for loss. That's the kind of production at a big school playing big-time competition that you're looking for in this scheme. He acts, he lacks some instincts as a linebacker because he hasn't really been a full-time linebacker for that long. You put him in a scheme. You let him learn. I see him being a Di- the Vine Diablo type with maybe a little bit higher ceiling, um, a little bit bigger, because I think he's got a, bit, a better kind of a, a, a better of, of the new wave, a better linebacker body. And I think with his skill set, midseason he'll he'll be taking the majority of the snaps. I got him as a nine tackles for loss. You had four, which uh, I'm curious if I had, I had it right. five. You have you have five. I had nine. Well, maybe that up. nine is nine better. Way better. That's what I'm saying, and that changes things a little bit for me. Um, I don't see him ever being like the you know like a two three down linebacker in the NFL, but I can see him doing really well as like a nickelbacker, right? Where you're in passing situations. Um, the instincts that he developed as a safety, as a coverage linebacker. And that's what we need in the AFC West 
is coverage linebackers with these tight ends that tight ends and, and catching running backs in the AFC West that we have to cover. I think I see that as his role, like a like a niche specialty nickel passing situation. Um, maybe you you have him be a backer against a very specific linebacker or a very specific running back you're going against, like a shifty running back that needs to be covered uh, really well in uh, like in man. I can see him doing that. I don't ever see him. Like I, I'd love to be wrong. I don't see him as a three down backer ever, um, but I can definitely see him a being really good at special teams again with his tackling instincts, and b being like a good, like a pretty, like carving out a, a solid niche. And that's a great niche in the NFL in 2023. Some like package linebacker, coverage, hell yeah, good coverage linebacker. If you can, like, you will have a job for ten years if you're in a just a just an average, just an average coverage nickel linebacker, and that's. This, that's the type of linebacker we've been we've been missing. So again, uh, good value for you know a guy that has uh, a lot to learn. And again, we're getting down to round six. Some of these guys won't even make the team. But I think with the posi- the the value in this very specific position that the Raiders need a coverage linebacker, he fits that for for a round six guy. Love it. Uh, round seven, last draft, last pick, nine of nine, trading with the Patriots. Shocking. Josh McDaniels and Ziegler were able to communicate with the Patriots. Uh, defensive tackle, Arizona State. Hey, a Pac-12 guy. Nesta, Jade, Silvera. So this is another prototype two-gap defensive tackle. He's got a little bit more wiggle than Byron Young does. Doesn't have the measurables as far as the arm length and the hand and the punch that you're looking for. But he's the much better collateral quickness. Not great, but better than Byron Young showed. So he can do the kind of stunts and the inside moves and stuff like that that you're looking for in that position. Shows good burst off the line of scrimmage. And now you combine that with his really good upper body strength, and that's how he wins. His quick first, his upper body strength, he can shed tackles well. So his last two seasons, he he went to Miami, and then he transferred to Arizona State for his last year. His last two seasons, okay, 94 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, 38 quarterback pressures. That's 30 hurries, five hits, and three sacks. So that's good production out of your, your, your interior defensive line. If you can develop that guy a little bit more, the, the knock on him is he may not always play with full effort. I don't see anyone on this defensive line. I like that was the nicest way to say he can be lazy. Effort. You know, well, like, I'm, trying to be po- I'm trying to be positive. Play. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, you know, he's a seventh rounder. He's at Arizona state party capital of the universe. So, um, he's one of those guys that hopefully, you know, the work ethic of the defensive tackles around him, Max Crosby, (laughs) hopefully rubs off on him a little bit. Um, but again, uh, maybe the biggest position of need in the entire team, it's either corner defensive tackle and he's defensive tackle. So, um, again, you go with guys very consistent with what you look for in a round seven guy. A lot of traits there that you need. Um, a really, really good athlete for a round seven guy. Now, can you coach it up? Can you coach the bad habits out of him? Is the laziness a product of his environment, or is that just who Silvera is? Um, those are the risks. Those are the you know the dice you roll with seventh rounders, stuff like that. So that is our draft class. Started out with twelve picks, ended up with nine. Six defense, three offense. Those are our boys. Those are our boys yeah, right there. Girl. Soak it in. Welcome to Raider Nation, fellas. Um, you have one day to celebrate that you're now rich and in the NFL. 
I get to fucking work. Right. Let's get some W's. Uh, let's talk about the undrafted players real quick. Um, I highly recommend. I really love the athletics um, breakdown of the undrafted agents that were picked up. They did their top 10 list, and I, I like it a lot. Um, Dalton Wagner, tackle out of Arkansas, McClendon Curtis, lineman out of Chattanooga. I think UT those are Chattanooga. That guy's a beast. I think those are the two most likely guys to make the team. Um, one, because I think they're, they, they slipped through the cracks with the, there's a lot of good tackles um, in this draft. And they, you know, just kind of slipped through the cracks with so many good tackles. And we didn't draft any tackles. <laughs> so um, these are guys that we needed. We, we, we desperately need at minimum depth. And I think these are guys that can, I think both guys can compete for starting positions. I think, I think there's, I think there could be a competition for these guys. Yeah. You know, I, I, again, I, I, I've, I don't want to go that far because I don't know that these guys are better prospects than the guys that, you know, even like Thayer Munford that we had last year that played uh, or, you know, you have the whole Parker Illuminor double team. What, who's better, mm-hmm. uh, who's going to play, who, who can, you know, Illuminor could kick inside. So I could see them playing a role, but um, a lot of times people will think that the players coming in to the draft are better than the players that are already there. Well, I mean, those guys were good players in college too. They were drafted players too. It just just because they're new doesn't mean they're going to be better. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, we got defense. Basically, we got DBs and offensive linemen in, in undrafted free agency. That's what we got, and that's what we needed too. Yeah. We needed more of that. So if we could get guys that are, you know, get a couple guys to pan out, cool. I'm good with it. But the guys that we picked, the, what, what's encouraging to me is they're guys of position of need. Uh, they fit what you're looking to do. And, you know, you didn't go crazy, you know, five rounds too early for them. Dalton Wagner got a quarter million dollars in total guarantees for an undrafted guy. Yeah, that's, that's, a lot. That's, a, that's a ton. So obviously the Raiders... So obviously there were other people that wanted Wagner, right? Where they had to pay him oh, yeah. a million bucks. Like he was, you know, he didn't get drafted, but people were looking for him. Six eight three twenty. Big boy, uh, Curtis at Chattanooga. Six five three twenty four. Again, raw. Like, oh, we found this dude playing basketball, and we just like threw him under the line. Type raw, like real raw. Was that like like the air up there? Like, yeah, like, 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 raw. Um, Adam Plant Jr. would be kind of fun. I, I think he has an outside chance of making the team because he went to UNLV. Like he went to Bishop, played at Bishop Gorman High Bishop School, Gorman, went to yeah. UNLV, local dude. So, I, um, and obviously Edge outside of our three edge rush, like our you know our main three edge rushers, it's pretty shallow. So I think he has a decent chance of making the team. Other than that, that's probably it. I don't think. You know, two offensive linemen, maybe that edge rusher. That's probably it. We had two players, um, two undrafted players last season make the team. Um, I think we'll probably get. Yep, I think we'll probably get two this season. I'm I'm guessing because there's positions of need so much that maybe one of those tackles, maybe that edge rusher. Like you know, we'll see. You never know. But that's it. Nine draft picks. Um, I think we picked up ten undrafted free agents as of this count. I think it's ten, maybe more. Um, less than a dozen or so, but that's the squad, man. That's the squad. Again, my, uh, I gave it a, a, a B. You gave him a B plus the biggest, I, I, the, the biggest thing I'm happiest about is 
they crushed the biggest thing I talk about value at almost every single position that player should have went earlier. That's a player that at that point in the draft, there's maybe not as many of them. Um, how Michael Mayer slipped into the second round is unbelievable. God, I, I don't, I don't get that whatsoever. I think this guy's going to be a stud. I just don't get it, but you know what? Whatever. He's ours with our, uh, we'll with, our with our very first pick. It's hard to do better. Again, I, I would have preferred that the defensive tackle from Georgia, fuck the drama, the PR, take the best player. Um, number one, I would have preferred to trade down. It didn't seem like that was an option. So they went with a great Ed rusher. Awesome. They went with a, a carbon copy of max. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just, just value picks up and down. The not the knocks on this one is they used a lot of premium positions on uh, premium draft spots on like kind of glamour positions, positions we didn't really need when there was really good players available and in positions of need. That was kind of a knock for me. Mm-hmm. But overall, man, I mean, this was the first and and also uh, four trade ups, no trade downs. I like, I like, I. I always say it again, GMs, scouts, it's a much bigger crapshoot than I think they give themselves credit for. I think they, they think people think they're smarter than they are, right? You ask, why are there a million people that die in car accidents? But you ask every single person if they're a good driver or not. And they always say, oh yeah, I'm a really good driver. It's like, no, you're just not self-aware. Like if you ask any scouter GM, yeah, I'm a great drafter. You're, there, are, there aren't really any, right? There's, there's not self-awareness isn't a thing. You have to you have to understand that and say let's just go bodies instead of I know I'm I'm smarter than everybody else let me trade up and get it. Um, so those are the only two neg- two real negatives for me was the trade ups and um, a lot of offense and premium spots. But when you crush value, it's hard to really go wrong when you yeah. crush value, and it's just such a bigger such a big. Um, difference with the last regime where they just had no comprehension of value it's just like i'm in love with this guy and i'm gonna get him no matter what it takes it's like that's not how you do draft no that's not how it works but you know i mean when i when i did my video on uh decoding the gm Mm -hmm. and what he was saying he did exactly what i said he was going to do we're not going to pick 12 players Mm -hmm. we're going to use the later picks to move up maybe not in the first round or move back but we're going to target the guys we want with the pick that we have near there and then use one of the later picks to move up. And that's exactly what we did. Let's take some questions. Uh, Jonathan Huerta. Wilson is a hundred percent, a starter over Jones. Easy. I mean, that's optimal. $20 million says different. Well, $20 million says different. And again, no guarantee. Anything's guys pan out. Like we know what Chandler Jones is. And again, he, he's an above average starter. He's just way overpaid. That's the problem. Like we're like, oh, he sucks. No, he doesn't suck. He's he's a he's a he's a he's a pretty good. You know, he's a decent defensive end. Something right now, just overpaid. With Max Jones and Wilson, we will not be in the bottom three in sacks again. Mm-hmm. Not gonna happen. Raider Dave. I really wanted one of the top linebackers after Sanders went just before 70. What would have taken either one, either Simpson or that guy that the Chargers got. Uh, yeah, we did end up with a pretty big hole at linebacker. I thought we'd come out with, I thought we'd come out with like, all right, this guy can, can, you know, be a starter at linebacker. Didn't happen. Chips didn't fall that way. Um, Jonathan, where again? Mayer was the best tight end in the draft. He does it all. How is that not a starter? 
So best best guy in the so best tight end in the draft. It's all about scheme, right? Like Darren Waller would be an atrocious tight end in certain schemes because he can't block, right? I mean, it depends on your scheme. The thing with Mayher is he's great for our scheme, right? He's a Josh. He's a Josh McDaniels prototypical tight end. He doesn't need a you know a gazelle like Waller was. He needs a gritty, smarter dude. He needs a blocking guy. He's a guy that can catch dig routes. He needs a guy with great hands. That's Mayer. Yeah, you know, I look. I see a lot of like uh, we're we're preparing for twenty four and all this other stuff. Look, guys, these guys are looking to win now. These players that they're picking up, they fit roles. I don't care how Michael Mayer fits in the NFL. I don't care how he fits with any other team. On this team, on this offense, this guy can be a star. Anthony Provencio. Provencio. I was a little frustrated about the wide receiver pick. I thought we should have got another stud on defense, but we'll see. That was definitely the biggest WTF pick for me. Position-wise, um, the player in the round and the fit was so good that I was like, okay, I think I think McDaniel's just got like he just started drooling too much. I think that was I think that was the biggest McDaniel's like I want my guy pick. I, I think that, I think, that was uh, the one. I think Tucker. I think it was more of a Ziegler pick. I think Tucker's from the same hometown as Ziegler mm-hmm. is in Ohio, and uh, I, I think he coached in high school. He coached one of Tucker's coaches from what he was from my, what I heard. In the um, in the interview uh, that post uh, day two was mm-hmm. that um, Tucker's coach, uh, Mick Ziegler, coached when he was a coach in high school, and uh, yeah, man, I think he just he likes he likes his toughness, he likes his ability, he likes the fact that he was a former wrestler, which I thought RJ appreciates. Greatest man in the world. Uh, Lorenzo W. We've drafted four defensive tackles the last two years. One has to pan out. This is what I've been preaching forever. Volume. Volume, volume, volume. Especially like defensive tackle positions where like the metrics are hard to read. Like, you know, a quarterback, there's a million stats. Wide receiver, million stats. Running back, million stats. Edge rusher, linebacker, million stats. Defensive tackle, it's really, really hard to measure production, right? There's no stat for, I I took the center and guard down to the floor and opened up the linebacker. There's no stat for that, right? You don't know how they're going to fit. Volume, volume, volume. But to your point, yes, hopefully one of these guys has to stick. Soto, we need DT. D- D- yeah, man, so look, bad. was it a perfect draft all around? No. But you fit needs, you found value, and look, you walked away with like two of the top 18, 20 prospects in the, in the draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like a win to me. Uh, William Merchant, dead cap this year in draft class 2024 is our, is our year. Uh, yeah, $30 million right now in dead cap. All of that is gone next season. Now, again, what happens with Jimmy G, what happens with Chandler Jones and any other number of guys? You know, very few people have like a lot of dead cap or few. You know, very few uh, players have like a lot of dead cap two seasons ahead, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, doesn't mean it's going to be zero, but as of right now, it is, which is great. Where does that? Do you know where that ranks? How are we when it comes to dead cap? I feel like there's a lot next of next year or this year. This year, thirty million. Uh, we're towards the top. 
that's pretty high. Yeah. Because I know that there's a few, there's like a handful of teams that are just like crushing dead, like just brutally bad dead cap. Well, dead cap is going to get up. But I think, it, but then it like pans and it like kind of evens out. Like well, dead cap is going to change uh, at the second wave of free agency and cutdowns. Mm-hmm. That's how, that's where that's going to change. Ty Davis, is there a package where all three, Max Wilson and Jones, are all at the same time? Absolutely. There's multiple packages. I would say, the I would say a multiple. lot of the time. There's multiple packages where they could all play at the same time. Chandler Jones can move into like a defensive package. Yeah, big ones. Hit boy Radio, backer. what's going on with Josh Jacobs? Well, now is the time where they can start negotiating. They have until, what, June? They have like another month and a half, middle of June to uh, sign them uh, off that, uh, to take off the tra- the um, franchise tag and sign them to a contract. So now is the time after the draft is done, the focus was on that. Um, that's all behind you now. You know, you're just looking to get your, your undrafted free agents, which you, you pretty much have done, get them all signed, get them all in, get them all accum- acclimated, little whole logistical stuff. Uh, rookie camp starts in what, two weeks? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, this this is the time where they can really hit in and start uh, talking to Jacobs. Derek Passant said, we haven't had a dope middle linebacker since Romanowski. We didn't change that this weekend, WTF. Did we forget Denzel Perry was a pro bowler? Like, he wasn't perfect. He had like a million tackles two seasons ago. Like, give the guy, give the guy a break. Denzel Perryman was one of the best free agency trade moves of, the Mayock Gruden era. He was probably the best trade they did. A trade for sure. That's the best trade they ever made. It was like a like a sixth for a, a fifth, fifth or a fifth something. Pick. He was a Pro Bowler for us. Yeah, that was he was dude. Like yeah, like he struggled in in a lot of coverages, but Pro Bowler got a million tackles. Like he, he was great. He was awesome, especially in Gus Bradley's system. Yeah, I mean, uh, in the Bradley system for sure. Um, in in the Graham system, he needed to be a little bit better in coverage. But, um, I mean, I think that's where, you know, Bernie comes in. He's a little better in coverage. He was by far the best trade of the Gruden-Mayak era. Was he the best acquisition of the Gruden-Mayak era, non-draft? That's got to be Waller. Yeah, it has to be Waller. As bad as the Gruden-Mayak. Yeah, probably. As as bad as the Gruden-Mayak. Was that a Mayak? Or that was just Gruden that first year? Uh, I think it was the just Gruden first Waller? year. Yeah, was it wasn't Mayock. Year. It was just Gruden. It was before Mayock got there. Dude, that's that uh, that second Waller contract. Unbelievable, 18th highest paid tight end, and he was putting up like top three numbers. Terrible on that contract man. like that. As bad as bad as Gruden was with personnel, you have to give him credit for like seeing him on the Baltimore practice squad, grabbing him. And then giving was a four-year deal, like six games into the first season. It's like, oh, yeah, we'll just give you a four-year deal. Yeah, we're going to keep you around a while. Fucking back-to-back Pro Bowls on, like, a middling contract. Or some shit like Dude. That. Again, Gruden was atrocious with the roster, but you credit where credit's due. That Waller move was. Look, man, mwah. if you when you close your eyes and swing for the fences, you're going to hit the ball every, every once now in a while. Every now and then, right? Every now and then, you're going to hit it. A broken clock is right twice a day. And Darren Waller was our broken clock. Oh, yeah. Uh, Derek Passante went to the free agency with the worst secondary in the league. Post free agency and post draft, we still absolutely have the worst secondary in the league. Can't Do we have the worst that, secondary in the league? You can't you say that. 
No, the Lions have a way. The Lions have a way worse secondary than us. The Lions are way worse secondary than us. You can't say that, Derek. We we got some pieces. Epps, we got Duke Shelley. Um, if we sign uh, Rock Yassine back, uh, we have uh, Hobbs not Hobbs healthy. Hobbs healthy. I mean, it was last season just a hiccup for Merrick, right? Like that's is Merrick. Like I'm not giving up on Merrick yet. Fuck no. Yeah, I, I just. I can understand where you're coming from with the frustration, but it's just we, we're saying a lot of things that you can't quantify. Oh, yeah, this is going to be the worst, this and that. I'm like, yeah, let, leave the hot takes for, like, the TV shows. Like, this is us here, okay? This is us. We're talking about real football here. Cloned Avenger. Can Aiden O'Connell grow his hair out and grow a beard or something? No. Men of God don't no. grow beards, bro. He's perfect. He's a perfect specimen. Look. Sorry, but this is what peak male athleticism looks like. That is the peak human physical physique and look right there. Aiden O'Connell and Farva, a.k.a. Landfill. God, AKA that's so Kevin good. Openen. As soon as I saw his picture. That's what a real like, man looks oh like. Oh, my God. It's just, dude, it's uncanny. It's all that is man. It's uncanny. Carremrod. I love it. Say Carremrod. Shenanigans? Talking about, guys talking about shenanigans? Gotcha, fucker. All right, that's it for us. Um, yeah, special Sunday show. Had to do it after the draft. We'll do a lot more analysis on our big show coming up. Um, any other news that's happening throughout uh, the Josh Jacobs movement, whatever happens there, we'll keep you abreast of everything. Um, yeah, meow that, we, not, meow that we can, we can sign him that uh, the draft is over. We can sign him, meow. So this will be a time also for very big moves. Like, it's things to start moving up you know what i mean like when the draft's over it feels like it's, it's a chance to like kind of like let your hair down and like breathe a little bit like no it's the opposite like this is where things start gearing up but the nfl offseason is a slow build right it's a slow build you got like agency starts then you got the combine and the draft and then training camp like this is to start picking up yeah Don't be there now, with us now that the draft is over is this the time where you're Did you say now that the draft is over did I say that? that? Slip? I think you said am I, am, I, over. am I a cat? I, you see me drinking a saucer of milk, jumping around all mimily bimily? You treat a tree? I'm drinking milk from a saucer. Look, now's the time where we implement our strategy, where we get them in here, we start getting them stronger, we start getting them healthier, uh, and we get them on the field and really get them, indoct- get them indoctrinated to what we do. Well, until then. Now go what if you're with me? Uh-huh.